Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hi, welcome back to People of Purpose. I'm your host, Tanner Badgley, and this week, we will be wrapping up our conversation on the exponential impact of creating better relationships with Brian Falchuk. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage checking that out. Some of the things we covered are his difficulties in relationships and how these experiences led him to write his new book, The 50, 75, 100 Solutions, Build Better Relationships, as well as how he came up with his book's title and what 50, 75, 100 actually means. We talk about his personal story that encapsulates the principles underlying good relationships and managing conflicts, as well as how Brian helps people empower their relationships and expand their perspective to see how important interactions are in creating a better world. In this episode, we will be covering cultivating self-advocacy, acknowledgement, and awareness, and how these factors play an important role in finding and committing to a deeper relationship. So, let's dive in. Here's to becoming people of purpose. I think you really touched on um, kind of vulnerability. Uh, I know... Brene Brown's work is making a lot of waves in this space right now and I've gotten to read some of it and I mean I was just working in a in a school last year where a lot of the kids are middle schoolers they are coming from families that are like pretty broken in general it's like inner city San Francisco students they're taking the train for an hour and a half to school and such Um, and what I see at least the masculine side of things have to be is just that strong person for their younger brothers. I mean, they're seventh grade. Yeah. They're holding so much baggage and they, it's, it's all good, man. It's all good, man. Yeah. When it's not good, like yeah. this, this culture needs to shift, especially in, on the masculinity side of things, in my opinion. Yeah. So what advice do you have to speak into like young men right now to be able to be more like radically honest and open and transparent with your feelings? And even yeah. like find the, the ways to share those feelings with others. How do we how do we cultivate that skill? Yeah. I think the first step, I mean, it's the first step in do a day, and that's around self-love. But like if you're not valuing yourself and what you're feeling, if you're just like, no, no, I like I'm good, I can't, I'm not gonna face that, there's no room for that, or you know, it's not about me. It may not be about you, but you are. So like if you're not making space for yourself to care and to matter then it's really hard to just keep like, just grit your lip, you know, just just like bite your lip, grit, grit through it. Like you'll get there or be there for someone else. Like you still need to make space for you. So the first thing I say to people is you have to value yourself enough to just even for a second, just pause and be like, I'm hurting right now. And don't dismiss it. Don't be like, but move on. I'm hurting right now. And and I'm entitled to that. You know, it's normal. Even if you think it's not normal, people do hurt, things get to you. And then the question is, why is that? So why is this difficult for you? And it doesn't mean you can't be there for your little sibling or you can't be there for whoever else. Or you can't put on the, the persona that the team needs you to see so that they can get through. 
but you know, you can still have those feelings inside. And if you're not exploring them and understanding them, they're going to explore you and understand you in a way that you're not prepared for. It will come out. So I think making that space, you know, I always say like the whole thing of this is of 50, 75, 100 is like recognizing the happiness the other person seeks. But essentially that's worthless if you don't recognize the happiness you seek because you won't know what to do with that. You know, it's like I talk about the last cookie problem is like if we each want the last cookie, we can't both have it and we yeah. can split it. We can share it. But then neither of us is actually getting what we want. It's that same like, you know, the negotiation typical response. If they want the last cookie and you're like, that's their happiness. I'm going to let them have it. That's awesome. But just recognize you just took away the happiness you were focused on in the moment. And if you're not prepared for that, it's going to hit you. So if you're going to let them have it, that's perfectly fine. That may be the right answer, but just do it in the context of, so what does that mean for me? Yeah. Well, what I really wanted was that thing too. And now I'm not going to get it. So what would be valuable for me instead? You're speaking on advocacy right here, like yeah. self-advocacy. Self-advocacy. Yeah. No, that's super true. And it takes even before that, a level of awareness. Like you said, I'm hurting right now. Let's pause and recognize I'm hurting right now. What does it feel like to be hurting? Where does it hurt in my body? What do I think about when I'm focusing on my hurt? And how could I like just stop this train before it just runs over tons of things that I actually care about in my life? You know, there's this big effect that starts to take place. If something goes wrong at work, you bring it to home, that, that spills over to your relationship with your you know, significant other, which then spills over to your kids, which spills over in the way they live their days at school. Then they bring that baggage to you. And then you put off work because you're spacing out. There's so much that goes wrong if you can't identify quicker that you're hurting and you're in a reactive mode um, to that hurt. So we've got to yeah. cultivate that inner awareness first. And then once we have it, we've got to advocate for ourselves and say, no, here's my boundary. I'm not willing to, to give away all my cookies right now because I need to eat something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's that exponential impact we were talking about, you know, towards the beginning of the conversation, like it's going on in your own life and, yeah. and then it's trickling down to everyone around you. And so mm. when you start to realize that, I hope you see why it's so important and it's, it's worth doing the work. You can't just, you know, put on a tough face and move forward. That's not like, that doesn't do anything for what's going on here. If anything, it makes it worse because it's stews. Yeah. And I would say like, this is kind of, this is the more feminine problem I see happening is this whole lack of self-advocacy going on. It's like, no, no, no. I want you to have it. You take it, you take it. Mm -hmm. It's this like nonprofit, like bleeding heart type of mindset is like, I'll give my whole heart and soul to this, sacrifice everything. And then I have nothing left to give you know, yeah. back at home, like with the people I love, you're compartmentalizing what you're giving and you don't have, yeah. you know, a regenerative system built up and you end up burning yourself out. So we've got to be aware of that side of things too. How could you, yeah. can you speak into that? What wisdom you've gained around that? Um, I mean, it, for me, it goes right back to the self-love is seeing that, that you're worth any of that. And if you don't have that sense of it, like you said, well, then I don't have anything to eat. It's like, you can only do that for so long. And that's why you see a lot of people are just burnt out or they don't have a sense of themselves. Um, yeah. I see it so much in the way we talk about ourselves. Like we're such a self-effacing society. We all yeah. make jokes at our own expense. And actually, I had um, a CEO at a company who's like, that's what good leadership is to me. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like radical humility. You should be putting yourself down all the time. I'm like, no, you shouldn't. You can have humility 
without humiliating yourself. Don't confuse the two things and don't think that the people around you are like, oh, he's great because he, he's always saying how terrible he is. No, they're going to think that you have humility because you're not like, you know, this company be nowhere without me. You guys are nothing. You know, you don't have to talk yeah. yourself up boastfully, but you certainly shouldn't be putting yourself down because it sets the tone for you not mattering. Yeah, I'm really influenced recently by Jay Shetty. Are you aware mm -hmm. of who Jay Shetty yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love his podcast on purpose, highly recommend. And then all of his videos on Facebook, so many are about relationship. And he says this part about humility that really hit me. It's like, humility is not about putting yourself down or losing your confidence so that others feel better. It's about not making someone else feel inferior. Yeah. And that, that's all it is. Yeah. So we, we got to stop like cutting ourselves down, malnourishing our hearts and our souls and our relationships and advocate for what we need and get clear on what you need. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about like kind of intentionality in relationships. Um, there's a big culture going on right now, definitely in my age category on this online dating stuff. Mm. And I feel like an anomaly right now that I am married yeah. and I have an awesome relationship and we're very open with each other and I get to have really cool personal experiences within our relationship. It's just really beautiful. And I, I feel for people that are living relationships with the opposite gender at such a surface level yeah. because this app-based app dating culture has you know, allowed people to fast track their way into like quick gratification that may look yeah. like hooking up or like bleeding your heart to somebody one time. And then after one, two or three dates, it's gone. The flames, yeah. the flames out, or you've been super hurt because they're, they're now with someone else also, and you don't want to be down for the open relationship yeah. or you want an open relationship and they don't, it's just so messy and complicated. Uh, yeah. I hear a lot of my friends and people in my world um, share this with me. So how can we, how can we be more committed to a deeper relationship and more intentional about how we seek this deeper relationship? Well, so I think there's a foundational or more fundamental question um, that I think it's, it's sort of an epidemic today is before we get into like dating or, or anything that we do, have you actually put thought into what you want and put thought into what you do? Like you're just mindlessly, like anytime you're picking up your device, there's a lot of risk of mindlessness. Yeah. And so that's how you're meeting people. Like, did you put much thought into what you're truly seeking and where you're at and where are you at in your whole life? And what are you trying to get for your life? Because the relationship question doesn't come before that. It's not like if you don't know yourself, how can you possibly know what kind of person you want to be with? That person is not going to make you complete or fill you. You need to come forward with yourself being in a yeah. place that you, someone you love already. Yeah. And, you know, how did you meet? Like by moving your thumb to the side? I don't know if I swiped the right way. Like swiping hadn't been invented when I was dating. But like if that's as much thought as you're putting into where you want to get to in your life and where, where you are right now relative to that and where you want to be right now relative to that, I would be highly suspect of the possibility that things will work out. Yeah. Like if they do, it's kind of chance or like, is it really, does it have the depth that it should have? Yeah. Um, I think that's really tricky to get to. And so, you know, like, I do think my books go in succession because I think that's the way we actually need to address our own development is like, you start with understanding who you are 
and then you can figure out who that person is relating to others. If you start by defining like, I'm just going to jump in with other people, like, well, who is it that's jumping in with them? And what version of you is, and like your surface level with yourself, how can you expect to be with them? And what are you going to expect back? Right. Because like, if you're not giving a real you, do you think you're going to get the real them? No. Again, it's, it's the reaction stuff. Like, give them a different version. So you've got to start with that first, like, you know, what's the happiness you're seeking? Where are you at in your life? And what I find in my coaching work is I tend to get people who are at the end of decades age-wise. And it's because they've had some wake up where they're like, how the heck did I get here? You know, like the second half of their 20s, like, why am I doing this job? Why, like, I'm single now. I don't even, like, I don't understand the relationship I was in. I don't know why I'm doing this work. This doesn't speak to me. And I just sort of woke up to all that. And I get it in people in their 30s, 40s. And then people mm. are like heading towards retirement. And they realize, like, I've been going for 30 years. Last time I really made a choice, I was 20 or 21. And like, I'm now like, you know, 60 something. Right. I don't, I don't even know myself. Like the number of people who are afraid of retirement because they won't have a choice but to face themselves. <laughs> yeah. There's a major thing. Like I'm going through that with my dad right now. We're like begging him to retire. And he's, he's like, I can't just sit around the house and do nothing. I'm like, because your sense of yourself without your job is nothing. Gotta have purpose, man. Gotta have purpose. He can't even picture who he is without him. Because he's, so like, he's a doctor. He went to med school when he was 14. He's been like, he's been a doctor for longer than probably, you know, his memories of anything else spans. And that's, you know, that's a serious purpose kind of role. And like, he's been lucky that he's been able to save lives and it's meant so much to him. It's pure of what his identity is. You know, it's one of the few professions where like, instead of Mr. your doctor, like how things are addressed to you is different. Like it's mm -hmm. front and center every day and that's going to be gone at some point. And so he's really, I'm not trying to out him. Like he's struggling with the like, so who am I? You know? And I think a lot of us go through that. Now, if what if you're like 23 and dating, that's a really scary question, you know, like yeah. to just pause and be like, who am I? And like, do I really need to figure that out right now? Or do I just want to find someone cute to go have a drink with? And then we'll see. Like, ah, oh, that sounds better. I don't want to put in the work. Right. And it's like, just be willing, you know, like go, yeah. like I let you, you went and traveled. I just talked to someone who did a semester abroad in college and she was totally miserable and lost, came back feeling totally different, went into a summer internship at a big investment bank. And she's like, I realized at the end of the summer, I was broken again. <laughs> and that, She's like, that's what changed me is like, so she's heading in a different direction because she's seen both sides of it now. Oh, yeah. like this she is... got really uncomfortable traveling and then really uncomfortable differently when she fell back into the mindless game, you know? What you're speaking to is pretty much the impetus for me starting People of Purpose. Yeah. Was the sense of like zest for life and like love for figuring out who I am and learning about how the world works and what I believe and what my story is that I want to tell when I'm in Thailand. And then you experience what it's like on the other end where you're working this corporate work life for someone else's agenda. Yeah. You like, I don't know. Is there something like that doesn't feel as like pure about the, the way that the culture works right now with a millennial generation, corporate work and dating yeah. sort of thing, Yeah, which is what I had come from before Thailand. And I was able to find my wife because I had been, you know, single for quite a while 
like truly, I called it dating myself. Like I was giving myself experiences that I had designed and, and prayed about. And then they were coming and then I'm reflecting and like writing a blog in these coffee shops in the jungles and mountains of Thailand, where I'd be sitting with my journal for four or five, six hours. And then look at what I wrote and be like, this is what I believe about the world. This is who I am. I love who I'm becoming. And this was like my mindset. When I met my wife, I was on a bus backpacking through Chiang Mai, Thailand. I show up to a, like an ultimate Frisbee pickup, which is like one of my main things to do for sport activity. Yeah. And she is one of the main like women that does this on the Thai side of things. And we get intertwined in like big tables of like 20 people having dinner together. And then we're going on weekend hiking trips. And then we go to a tournament together in another country. And slowly it like, teammates becomes friends becomes like closer small group becomes like you can stay in the spare room in my house becomes let's go one-on-one to uh, like take a walk and then let's watch a movie together and then let's go on a trip together and now what are we and there's just so much like that happens when you are when you're living within your purpose and you are you know loving who you are and you're practicing self-awareness and you're learning what, what story it is that you're creating and what story it is you're telling to others and you attract someone else who's doing the same on their end. Um, yeah. It's just really, really empowering and beautiful to kind of live life like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, if I could say like, there's a picture of the two of you where like you're looking ahead and she's looking up at you cause you're tall. <laughs> there's something in how she's looking at you. Like that is a woman who sees the person standing next to her. And it's re- like, it's just a picture. It's like your profile picture on Facebook. It is or my current and, profile picture. Yeah. And like, it's an, it's an awesome picture. But I, I see so much in that picture from just like the way she's looking at me. I'm like, that is such a, it, you developed a relationship as a human should develop. You know, like, and, and she sees so much in front of her. I think that's, it's a really cool photo. Hang on a second. Let me go grab it. There, um, we actually had an oh, artist cool. that surprised us on Christmas with a gift that she she drew this picture of us. She recreated it and painted it, and it's super beautiful. Like, let me, yeah, let me show it to you it. real quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of the coolest pictures I've ever had of me. It's like by an independent artist in Thailand that drew this. And yeah, just the way she looks at me, it's just... I feel so loved and supported and I yes. get to be like the man I am like leading us forward in our relationship. Yeah. And she gets to just like really find a lot of like emotional connection with me and I get to be like her rock. And then other times she's my rock and I'm like yeah. sharing things with her. Like we are a unit right now. Uh, and it, it, it doesn't just happen overnight. It's, it takes these like small commitments that you make to one another and, in order to make these commitments of moving across the world for each other, or like for me, I finished my master's program. I got a really cool job opportunity to be like a yoga mindfulness teacher. Um, and I, I finish and it's like, Nope, I'm moving back to Thailand to get married and figure out this immigration situation. And I would not have been able to make that commitment had I not known myself well enough. So yeah. my personal advice around relationships is definitely like know yourself, love yourself, be a whole person before you seek someone else to be your other half yeah you know it's really funny like really specifically um there's a lot of people like you should go on walks with people and like leadership walks like take your subordinates out for a walk for your one-on-ones like that's fine um but when you said hiking like that 
the people I'm closest to in my professional career over the years are like done like these. Uh, oh, is she there? Hey, she just got home. Hello. Welcome home. Hello. It's Her nice first to see time you live. on a podcast. <laughs> We're live on a podcast right now. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she can't. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm Brian. Uh, I'm doing well. My name's Nok Noi. Nice, <laughs> nice to, meet to meet you. you. Yeah. I was I, admiring the photo of you too from your uh, wedding. Nice. <laughs> Brian is uh he's the guy who interviewed me on my podcast or for my for his own podcast and he let me put it online a year ago. Yeah, I remember do a day. I remember Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You awesome. you have your uh what do you call branding or branding? Something? Yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. Tanner talk about you a lot. Yeah. Oh good. <laughs> as long as it's nice, that's good. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. It nice you guys you. get to me. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. nice to meet you. Um, you too. We'll take a shower soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I think on our first podcast, I talked about serendipity with you. I, I'm a yeah. big fan of it. I think if you just feel a calling to like, you know, do something that would make everyone in the space happy, even if it doesn't follow the whole you know, narrative arc, I'm going to do it. So I hope yeah. you are okay with that. We just totally. <laughs> it's your show. I'm always good with that. Um, yeah. So I was just thinking uh, hikes for some, like, there's something about being in nature. It's a little bit more rigorous than just any old walk, you know, around the block or something. Um, and I think like, I think the setting's a piece of it. People just come out in ways that they wouldn't otherwise so like I, I did these uh, charity mountain hikes at a company I was at and there's a bunch of people who like I knew them, but I didn't really know them. And like we kind of got along. We also kind of didn't. And I feel so close to them today, like five years, six, seven years later, six years later, whatever it is, because um, we spent three days like grueling up these mountains and like you have nothing else to do but to just talk about each other and your families and your stories and and there's something rhythmic about the high. I don't know. It's it's a really interesting. So when you mentioned that, I was like, well, that's one thing you can do. Oh man, definitely. I don't want to go too into it because it's a whole another story that probably deserves a podcast. Once she's ready to be a guest with me on a podcast, like you and your wife did, that's very cool, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happened with us that kind of like made it shift definitely from like friendship to like, huh, this is someone to actually kind of like. I'm definitely considering her as like a real partner now and. This is a little scary because I have a feeling of like love starting with this woman and she yeah. is high quality. Like um, what happened was we were walking to a lake. We were running to a lake and she was like very off on her estimation of how far away it was. And so <laughs> I really trusted our relationship to, to basically be like, I'll, if she thinks it's doable, I'll go. Like I can do this. I'm in good shape. It was supposed to be like a 5K like let's run and come back. She had a bike. So she was going to bike. I was going to run. And it was actually like eight kilometers to get there. And she didn't calculate the whole return trip. So it was like a 17 kilometer day. And I was on foot and we're in Thailand at like noon and the sun is just beating down on us. I have oh no sunscreen. God, super humid. <laughs> so like it, it's supposed to be a terrible scenario, but we ended up spending like six hours together walking around outside, just getting super like you know, red. And we had like, I think yeah. the equivalent of like $3 in our pocket for this day. 
Uh, so we were like in a small suffering situation together, but it just yeah. unfolded so much like purposeful conversation around like, you know, like our families and what we love to do and who we see ourselves becoming and what kind of yeah. partnership we, we seek to have and like a significant other. And it was just, I mean, I'm incredibly grateful for that accidental yeah. experience like to this day because it super deepened our relationship. I was just the backpacker who was staying in her spare bedroom. And we agreed to go on a, a run with her and it turned into this kind of thing. Yeah. So, and like, you could have been angry about it, been like, oh, she's, you know, she did this to me or like any of the things we we're saying before, but instead recognizing like, well, that's not what she was aiming for. Like she wanted to get to the lake today, just like me, like thought it would be a nice thing. So, you know, there's some aspects that she didn't know, but that has nothing to do with me. And so mm. am I going to like, be this miserable, like silent, angry guy for 17 K. Um, or am I going to set that aside and at least try to enjoy what we do have? Yeah. And that's a choice and like very different versions of you for her to then react to. And what would you expect back? Like if you're being an ogre, <laughs> she's probably not going to be lovely in response. So, or at least she, you know, she'll shut down. So like really clear, blatant example that look at like, that was like a, a fork in the road moment, right? Yeah. Not that you would have been an ogre, but what if you did? Like you wouldn't be in the situation you're in right now, which mm. seems to be really fulfilling. Yeah, no, I remember like being like, oh man, I got no money in my pocket. I have no water bottle with me. I have no sunscreen. Well, I trusted her way too much. Like, what am I doing right now? And I'm like, deep breath. I'm by a beautiful lake. We're in lovely nature. There's plenty of shade around this area at least. Yeah. Um, we got enough to buy ourselves a water bottle. Let's figure this out together. And then yeah. she was nice enough and graceful enough to step off the bicycle and walk with it, walk with me. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, and you get to see all that. I, I mean, my wife and I went through, not, not like that, but a lot of kind of tragedies and hardships early on in our relationship. And um, like, I remember my mother-in-law being like, you guys have already gotten to see each other in the like the for worse part of for better or worse. And so, you know, we kind of, we knew going in, like, what are we going to make of these moments and how are we going to stand by each other and get through these things or not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no, yours is a super powerful example. Her, like on her deathbed, basically, I don't even, can't even imagine what that feels like yet. I hope you never do. Um, and I, you know, I don't tend to live with regret, but that's something where I've, I wish for her sake I mean, for mine too, but I wish for her sake that I had been able to see past my anxiety at that point. And like all those years that I didn't address what needed to be addressed in myself. Um, the, the one thing I'd say is like, you start picking that apart and it's like, you're where you're at today. If you move any of the dominoes that fell, would you still be there? And like, if you're thankful for what you have, you know, someone asked me like, do you wish you went to, like, I didn't get into my first choice for college. And they're like, oh, do you regret that? Or do you wish you did? It's like, well, my son wouldn't exist. I, like <laughs> yeah. maybe he would, but I doubt it. Cause like college leads to this, leads to that, leads to business school. I met my wife there. Like, so it's like, if I say, oh yeah, you know, I didn't get into my first choice for business school either. Thank God it wasn't a fit for me. But like, if I did, my son definitely wouldn't exist. Right. And it's like, I love him more than anything. So that's terrible if I'm like, oh, yeah, I wish I got in there instead. There'd be <laughs> some other kid upstairs, maybe. I don't know. Wouldn't be as cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's a whole nother chain to think on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I wish I had been different for her and I recognize I couldn't be. 
at that time and we wouldn't be where we are today. And so, you know, that that's not a helpful mindset to get into because it gets really disrespectful of the things that you appreciate in your life. Yeah, no, for sure. I love that, that you mentioned that. So uh, before we head more into like the, the latter half of the show, cause we should get there at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> What do you, what do we, how do we get better at recognizing that we are being ruled by anxiety or ruled by fears? There's like so many like subconscious things that are driving our relationships. Um, and some of them, you know, are like that classic trope of like, I was raised without a father or, you know, my, um, my brother like did something awful and I've held his secret my whole life. There's like really obvious ones, but there's also really, really subtle ones. Um, that subtly play into the what who we bring into our relationships how can you speak to this like how do you recommend we recognize that and then how do we go about like telling a different story and becoming a different person um that you know can kind of see past those limitations yeah i mean i think there's some ongoing things that are helpful like a meditation practice that you can rewire your brain um Mm -hmm. so that's you know that's one thing but in the moment what i have found uh, and, and this gets to do a day, it's about mindfulness, which is in specific to like the anxiety kind of responses, I try to just, if I'm worked up, which I know when I'm worked up, that's not the question. It's whether I then try to justify being worked up. I'm like, no, but you know, you don't understand. This is a big deal. I just ask like, is this what's going on right now? Or did this already happen? Or is it potentially going to happen. And I use that word potentially because we're so like, this is, you know, this bad thing's going to happen. Well, you don't actually know that, you know, the, the world's going to end tomorrow. It's like, well, it could, it may not, you know, they may not press that trigger and launch those weapons or like whatever it is, despite how certain we are that that's what's going to happen. And if the answer is no, it's not happening right now. That for me has been a trigger to step back say, okay, and like, literally, I will do that is like, let me create some space here. Um, you know, working with someone who's got some pretty heavy, um, heavy stuff going on, that to them, it's like the end of their life. And this is everything's ruined. And, um, mm. you know, it's like, okay, there are a few things that we need to do before you know, if the thing that you're afraid of is true or not. And until those things are done, and you get the answer acting as if it's already happened is not going to serve you. And they're like, you know, I have to change this. I'm like, hang on. Because if you change those things now, what if you find out four or five days from now when you get the answer that that's not the case, then what do you do? Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a mess. I have to clean up. I'm like, so today is not the day to act as if tomorrow's already happening. And so giving yourself that moment to, I've never said that before. I got to write that down too. I'm writing that down right now. (laughs) Thank you for speaking wisdom into my life right now. Today is not the day to act like tomorrow is happening. Is already happening. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's a big piece for me. And that, that tends to be the thing that my anxiety would be around. It's more like guilt or shame in the past. And so that's where you're like, okay, well, is that still happening? Did you own it? Did you apologize for it? Or did that, you know, like, is that person in your life or not? Yeah. But with the tomorrow stuff, that tends to be where anxiety comes in. And then ask yourself, is that what I'm dealing with right here, right now? And if not, what can I do right now that's better? And that may lead that thing I'm so certain is going to happen. It may not happen then. Like if I make better choices today, maybe that's not going to happen. Yeah. 
Um, and so I, f- I find that creating that mental break allows the space to step back from the anxiety response. Um, so that's kind of, that's been mm. a big thing for me. And, and this meditation helps your ability in that. Oh yeah. And um, we both have meditation practices for sure. Recently, my meditation practice has been led by uh, J- Joe Dispenza. You aware yeah. of who he is? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's all about this concept of like creating a new you every day, leaving behind the the self that was defined by, by the past, stepping into the future with your vision clear, with your intentions aware, with your purity that you can bring forth. And it's, I mean, I do that every morning right now for 25, 30 minutes. I do some stretching. I do like a bit of yoga practice. Sometimes I read my Bible. I probably should read that more. Um, and then I have like awesome conversations like this. Like I'm super blessed with the lifestyle that I get, get to live right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm in beautiful Thailand and like yeah, yeah. money is not that big of a deal here compared to the U.S. It's like five times cheaper than Boston is, for example. So I'm just like in a Thanks. really good place right now in my life. <laughs> uh, and I think like a lot of it stems from the way you start your day and the way you end your day too. Like you got you to gotta journal as well. I think that's another yeah. key component that I do at both parts of my day too. So it's like, like getting the right state of mind to where you don't feel like you're inevitably doomed or you're like, you know, locked into some destiny that you don't want to be in. But then also yeah. you want to like develop your intentions and your, um, you know, your vision and, and be reflective on like insights from how you did live your day. And, and be honest with yourself of kind of where you did snap and where you went back to like an old pattern that didn't serve you anymore. And that's yeah. kind of how you start to work your way out of it. So, yeah, it's like start, start your day with intention. Yeah. Start yeah. your day with intention and end re- with reflection hmm. and like try to break the mindless kind of, I mean, it goes back to the dating conversation we had, like it's a very similar thing is like, what's the intention here and how did you do? Right. Um, and then the last kind of relationship I wanted to speak to just as someone who is an entrepreneur and you are too, and you also are like doing high level executive business stuff. You went to business school. There's a, an element that happens in business of transaction. And there's a certain necessity that, that goes on around transactional relationships. I yeah. need this from you. You need this from me. We both know this. How do we navigate this reality in a way that feels like true and honest and authentic with, with who we bring forth in this exchange um, yeah. with the, with the facts of capitalism that, that sometimes you just got to like exchange value on a business standpoint. Yeah. Can you speak to this? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a whole um, transactional leadership school of thought and the idea is like everything is a transaction. And if you really stop and think about it, you can see that your relationship with your mother after birth, like that's a transaction. You know, the exchange of value is the things that give you life and sustain your life at a time when you can't do that for yourself. And what you're giving back is, um, you know, love and this like that feeling of of that being your child and the feelings you have. It's not it's not one way. But when you realize like transactions aren't inherently bad, that's a value we place on them. And we may say some kinds are and some kinds aren't, but that's our choice in how we interpret them. So doing business, like if that's a transaction and we're exchanging value, judging that as a bad thing, well, what is the outcome of it? If it's, you know, destroying the environment or killing people 
or you know, like we're we're exchanging value and it's creating cigarettes that people are smoking and getting cancer. Like <laughs> well, maybe that that does have a negative connotation for you, and so maybe you shouldn't engage in that transaction for you. Mm. Someone else may come to a different decision. I wish they wouldn't, but that's their decision in their place. And you know, it's like I I say with veganism, like I'm not preachy about it. I don't try to get anyone else to be vegan. I might help you explore it if you're curious, but I'm not going to be like, how dare you, you know, eat meat or what? Like, that's not going to help you change. So I'm going about my transactions in a way this, that support my values. And that includes the business I do. And I have walked away from jobs that I didn't feel were aligned with my values. I'm a very values-driven person. If mm -hmm. I think that you are cruel to people and manipulative and you lie, I don't want to be involved with you. So I'm going to leave. And that's okay. I'm not going to stop you from being that way. So, you know, that that's your choice. And I hope other people make a better values-based decision as well. Yeah. Um, but if you're in a transaction that just because it's a business transaction and money's changing hands, or that doesn't inherently make it bad. Um, it's all about how it aligns to your values or not. And I hope that your values are good values that are supporting the rest of the world as a whole and the environment and yeah. you know the, this buddhist principle of ending suffering it sounds it sounds negative people are like don't you mean increase happiness i'm like no because you know you don't know if someone's going to be happy from something i i used this example yesterday the wildfires in australia and like if if you donate to the red cross and it helps that family who you know they needed a bed for the night and that money went to provide a bed for them you're not making them happy, probably. You're certainly reducing their suffering. And like, I don't know if that's going to be enough to overcome the sorrow that they're in to make them happy. But that, so if my, if I'm, my intention is to make them happy and I'm like, well, just give them a, you know, this one meal or this one place to sleep tonight, that's not going to make them happy. So I'm not going to do it. Right. Uh, some, you know, sometimes the, the mountain they're trying to climb is, they're way at the bottom and there's so much more to go. I'm not the one who's going to make them happy. Does that mean I don't contribute? Well, no, but I might make them less, feel less suffering. And so that is a good intention. And at some point that less suffering may put them into a zone of happiness, yeah. which is beautiful. And I, I would aspire to that. But for right now, if I can reduce suffering, making smarter choices and what transactions I engage in, I'm okay with that. Just because yeah. it's for profit doesn't make it inherently bad, but it may be. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's a good point you made about that. So let's go into some bigger questions on, on purpose yes. um, as we start to wrap this up. Um, it's been a pleasure to dig into these questions of relationships and selfishly. I, I, I mean, I have like five more I've come up with on the top of my head that I'd like to talk about. And you know, cool. there's tons of things ranging from like your closest relationships and how they change who you are to like fidelity to choosing when you're ready to commit to a partnership to choosing like when to keep things, your options open to like mm. the Harvard happiness study, you know, on how like relationships are what actually matter in the end of life. So many things I want to talk about. So we might need to do a, a 3.0 or a 2.0 yeah. on relationships. Um, but for the sake of time, let's head into some like wisdom pieces around um, that your purpose and what you do. So what I'm gathering that your purpose is, is essentially helping people to live this this better life and yeah. you do it through first the do a day model which is how to like access just an amazing day 
um, by accessing, you know, your best self and, and like picking yourself up from wherever you have stumbled um, and creating a structure around you to then be able to rise up. And then once you have risen up to being that person, you're then able to build into your relationships on the 50, 75, 100 side. Um, and in your relationships, you're able to find so much purpose because of the exponential impact that comes, you know, to the world, to that, that other person and to yourself when your relationships are in such harmony. So I guess I want to ask like a, a question that kind of blends these two is like, what does your perfect day of relationships look like? Wow. Um, it's, I mean, like, look, we can like paint this picture of like, and we're going to Paris and we're doing like, that's all. <laughs> that's, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Paris, although that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, honestly, like, it's just feeling that sink. Like if at the end of the day, whether it was like, we did lots of amazing things or we just sat around the house, I don't really care. I just want to feel like everyone was in sync. And there was a lot of like, a general and um, universal feeling that our feelings were understood and validated our intentions had a space. Mm. Um, it's, it's a pretty vague answer, but it's a feeling. And I've certainly had days where I was like, that was a good day. Like my son, when he goes to bed, we do a like, what were you most thankful for today? And I remember recently there was a day like nothing really happened. And so I didn't have like any specific thing to call out. He sometimes he's like, my bagel was good this morning. I'm like, that's awesome. That's good enough. <laughs> but like I didn't, I, I didn't have anything where I was like, this was great. But I felt really good about the day. And, it, and I realized it's just because I felt like I existed. Like I wasn't just a guy working there. I was a part of this household. I was a part of the family. I was a part of the things that mattered throughout the day. And I always felt like I had space in it. And I felt like in return, I had given space to the two people I live with. And, and it was a very balanced, even feeling that day where everyone seemed to feel like they had their space in this ecosystem we live in and they just felt good with that. And it's like, it's really simple, but honestly, like those are the best days I can think of. It's, you know, not to put down any major experience, but that's all I could really hope for is we all had space in the day and felt loved and understood. That is a beautiful answer. Thank you. Cool. What's something that you feel most proud of? And I mean, proud in like a really positive sense. What do you feel most proud of in one of your closest relationships that, that people don't know? Wow. Um, I have no, I, I don't even know where to go to go with that. I mean, um, there's a few where the conversation, the subject, the outcome was all really, really confidential. Like I would never violate that person's trust. There was a dinner I had with someone in my family who was struggling with something and it was really hard for them to talk about that. And they did. And I saw something in them that was like, it's the first time they had voiced it. Um, and they felt heard. And I think a big part of why they wouldn't say anything was kind of back to the kids you were talking about is like, I have to be tough for everybody else. And if I say this, I'm bad. And there isn't room for me to struggle with anything. So 
you know, their feelings aren't valid. Their existence isn't valid. And it was this little moment of that. And yeah, no one knows about it because I can't talk about any of the conversation or who the person was or any of that. Um, but I came away feeling like that was a big accomplishment because it, it didn't make a profound change in their life, but it gave them a moment of feeling again, like they existed and that mattered. And I, like, I have seen things be different for them. And I think it just gave them that chance where they were kind of feet were like flailing around, like they found their footing for a minute. And that just gave them a base to kind of recenter a few things. Um, so get, you know, getting to see that with people like coach and stuff, that's amazing. Getting to see it with someone that close to me that, you know, I, I love dearly. That's a lot to ask for. That's amazing. And then my last question is what have you had to unlearn around how you navigated relationships to find more purposeful relationships? Um, it's funny. Cause I, I feel like my relationships have never been about me. And that's something I was carried is like, I don't get to matter. And so the thing that I've unlearned is that actually I was making it about me and it isn't. So it's kind of, it's ironic because that's what I thought the problem was. And in fact, it wasn't. I was making things about me that weren't and not allowing myself to understand. I mean, it's like when I saw that, that counselor is like, you know, it's not me, it's my wife and she's just doing these things to me. Well, like, that's not her, that's about me. And so seeing like, not only is our relationship not about me, my hand in it is a much bigger deal than I was recognizing. I'm not just a passive victim here. Um, so that's, and you know, there's like 30, 40 years behind that feeling um, as many of us have. So there's a lot to unpack with that. And it's not like, you know, I had one session and, and read open heart, clear mind. I'm good. I'm all set now. I'm fixed. That's <laughs> um, just an ongoing thing. And so, you know, I, and I wrote a book on the stuff, but like, I still catch myself. I still work through it. Yeah. Um, as I think we all should, like we're dynamic beings, our situations change, the struggles and stimulus we face change. And so we will continue to change. And it's important to be open to continuing on that journey and recognizing you're never done. You're never perfect. Yeah. Thank you for your vulnerability there. So before we, we leave each other, I wanted to give you the chance to kind of offer up, you know, what you have written. Um, your body of work and kind of how people could find that and then any promotions you have um, for people that are just really hungry to to dive into these concepts at a much deeper level with you. Yeah. Um, so I think I might've sent you a link ahead of time that now I don't remember what it is, but um, I will make one up on the spot. I think it, we'll, we'll just say, well, people can go to my website. It's brianfaltruck.com. And if they go slash Tanner, so T-A-N-U-R, you um, did uh, enter code pop at checkout at brianfalchuk.com slash shop. Uh, all right, let's do that instead. So go to brianfalchuk.com. And if you click on my books, that'll take you through to the store. And you can get my books. You can get a jazzy do a day, do a day uh, trucker hat or some do a day stickers and 50, Ooh. 75, 100 stickers. I get these little, these little people that you can stick on things. Um, huh. So yeah, enter pop and you get a special discount just for listeners of the show. Um, this is a problem with planning this out a little while ago and, and uh, having so much going on. I'm like, gosh, I don't even remember what I said. 
Um, so brianfaltruck.com slash shop and uh, enter pop at checkout. Yeah, good thing I was on the opposite end of my preparation and I had just recently prepared. So I had the tab good. up on my laptop. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I realized like last time I set up I think pop like slash pop. And so there was already a page for that. So I couldn't use the same thing. So I'm like, what would uh, I have done? We'll go to that other one for, for buying do a day as well. <laughs> yeah. You can get everything there. And like, look, the books are anywhere you buy books. So however you want to take them in, yes, yeah. you can come to my site and get the discount. If you prefer Kindle or Nook or, or Audible, like it's everywhere. So you can get do a day and the 50, 75, 100 solution really easily that way. And I link to those sources from my shop as well. So you can still come to the shop and check it out and see like, oh, how do I actually want to consume this? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for sharing how people can get in contact with you. And I'm excited for, for what's to come with us. Uh, yeah. There's been so much serendipity to our relationship. And I keep saying yes to crazy things like having Brian on for a second time without you know knowing what he had written about. And then I'm looking into it. I'm like, wow, I really, really care about this topic. So. Thank you for reaching out to me. It takes someone who's very self-aware and intentional and trusts me a lot to like elevate your story and portray it in the way you want it to be portrayed and do all the back-end work to push it out there across the podcast wave. So I just feel really humbled by our relationship. Well, I, I feel the same. I mean, I, I think we connected really meaningfully right off the bat and um, getting to hear your story and you know getting to watch you for the past like two, three years. Um, I like I you were one of the first people I thought of with this. I was like, you'll understand the philosophy behind it. And um oh. and even if we didn't do a show, I just wanted to talk to you about it. And we got to do that. And I got to meet your wife. So it all works out. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. That was a big compliment. Appreciate it. Always. Today is not the day to act like tomorrow is already happening. Go get 5075 100 and make a better tomorrow today. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, Follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, Join our intentional group, Purpose Seekers, from the Facebook page. Join in longer form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sales and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 